0: welcome to another episode of The Good Vanilla, a Barefoot Contessa podcast where the chicken stock is homemade, store-bought is just fine, and the vanilla is always good. I am your host, Nick Kachanov, and happy Thanksgiving, everyone! We made it! Even though I did, like, I've already done like two Thanksgiving slash like holiday themed episodes in the past two weeks, you know. But we've finally arrived to what some may say, well, I guess most would say, is the official start, kickoff of the holiday season. And um, I'm glad we're finally here. If you celebrate Thanksgiving, I hope you're having a great day thus far. Um, I was trying to make a promise to myself that I wouldn't like you know it's it's hard to control myself on thanksgiving because i just think it's it's programmed in every at least american's brain to just like eat as much as you want which is um you know it's it's not the best plan of action for someone like me who just will do just that so there've been many uncomfortable thanksgiving's in my past so i'm trying to i mean who knows i'm recording this in advance so i'm i'm trying to go into thanksgiving with with the mindset of eating enough and knowing that leftovers I'd rather have the leftovers maybe that's what I'll tell myself but who am I kidding I'm probably going to eat like 10 helpings of everything and then like cram six slices of pumpkin pie down my gullet and (laughs) call it a day and and pass out on the couch so um I did want to mention a special shout out to all of you Black Friday retail workers I have been there before on the front lines and it's Uh, It's something. I mean, I I worked the only retail job I worked during Black Friday was at Barnes and Noble, which actually was kind of tame because people aren't running out to buy books on Black Friday. You know what I mean? Like we had we had some special deals and stuff, but it was just, you know, books, DVDs and uh, and music, really. Um, uh, so it was nice. It was busy, but it was never crazy. Like, I think it wasn't like Best Buy or Walmart or Target or whatever, you know? So, uh, again, I, I, I'm hoping that I know some stores are kind of taking, um, you know, a different approach and like at least giving families the opportunity to spend Thanksgiving day with their family, as opposed to coming in on Thanksgiving day at like 6 PM. So I salute you. Um, we're all rooting for you. And everyone be kind to each other, okay? Um, well, I can, you know, I can smell the turkey in the oven. So I think it's time to get into this episode, shall we? Uh, this is season two, episode 11, simply titled Thanksgiving. So Ina starts, she's leaning against the side of the house, which I, I've i never seen her in this position, at least to my recollection. Um, so she says... When I told my friends I was thinking about making ham for Thanksgiving, they went crazy. No turkey? They cried. So I decided to cave in, and I'm making everyone's favorite turkey with herb and apple stuffing, pumpkin banana mousse tart, and no ham. And that's it. That's a very quick intro for Ina. Um, there are a couple more things that that are on the menu, um, but they're like last minute sort of. Oh, and I made Brussels sprouts. You know, sort of those sort of things. So. Ina starts out with the crust for the pumpkin banana mousse tart, which sounds delicious. I will say um, I thought everyone loved bananas, but there are, you know, there's a small percentage of the world that does not like bananas. My one of my best friends in Pittsburgh, Jamie, hates bananas and she hates the consistency. She hates everything about them. And I just I guess I just took it for granted that or assumed that everyone likes bananas, especially when it's like in something like this. But Uh, And it's a small amount anyway, but this sounds like a slam dunk for me. So this starts out. She tells us that this is actually something her mom made, which is interesting because it sounds like such a barefoot contessa, like pumpkin pie with the volume turned up. I think she even says that in this episode when she's describing it. But um, I love that this is sort of a, a family recipe that's been passed down to Ina. So she starts with some graham crackers and the food processor, uh, about two cups, she says. And then she adds a third of a cup of sugar and then a little cinnamon in it to amp up the, the pumpkin pie feel. And then she adds a whole stick of melted butter to create, obviously, the pumpkin pie crust that goes in the bottom of the, the tart shell. So she pours it into um, the tart shell. And she says, of course, with clean hands, she pats it down. And then she uses uh, like the, the bottom of a half cup measuring cup to pack the edges, which I think is so smart. I remember the first time I saw that, not that I'm making, you know, any kind of crust on a regular basis, but I was like, that's a really good idea uh, because it's even and it kind of gives you a little bit of leverage. So that's a the hot tip from Ina. Uh, she puts the crust in the oven just for a little while to bake and crisp up a bit. So while that is... Uh, crisping up in the oven, it's time for the banana pumpkin mousse filling. Again, sounds like a dream. Uh, It starts with a cup of half and half, which she pours into a double boiler, and then she adds one 15-ounce can of pumpkin puree. And she says that she's done the can, and she's also made homemade pumpkin puree, and you can't taste the difference. And she says, and I can tell you which one's easier. Hmm. And honestly... I agree. It's like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Especially with pumpkin puree. I have had, I've not made it. I've not actually done the work and like made my own pumpkin puree, but I have had pumpkin pies, at least a couple over the years that are homemade pumpkin pie. And it's definitely different, and I think the only reason I say that and and it almost sounds like I'm saying that in a bad way, but they're both great. but I think when you're so used to like the canned pumpkin puree that you're just used to that, it's like me with the like the the canned cranberry sauce um I prefer the can because it's just like what I grew up with and I trusted, and it's like I guess it's what I'm used to um. But I agree, Ina, I think that's make it easy on yourself, get the can, unless you have the time to do it, and by all means, go for it. But uh, if it's going to taste the same in the end, which it often does, you know, just get the can, just get the Libby's. So next into uh, the Uh, pumpkin, in addition to the pumpkin puree, she puts a cup of brown sugar, lightly packed, and then it's time for some spices, which are cinnamon of course salt and then a quarter teaspoon of nutmeg I have I think I've said it before too so I apologize if I'm repeating myself but nutmeg is fine I don't know it kind of it's not my favorite spice but I know it's necessary for this and it's probably because I have like a pumpkin pie spice spice if that makes sense um and I know nutmeg is probably in that so I can't say that I dislike it I just really like it when it's disguised by a lot of things um So she grabs a big wooden spoon to stir this all up and this is all over the double boiler. So while that's, she says she's going to let it simmer for a few minutes and she grabs the tart shell out of the oven and now it's time for the sort of, to make it into a custard. So she tempers uh, two egg yolks. So she has like a little bit, she has like the bowl of egg yolks on the side and then she puts a little bit of the pumpkin mixture that's been heated up into the egg yolks to sort of, you know, to temper it, to introduce it to the um, the new temperature, I guess, because she doesn't want scrambled eggs. Um, so after that is sort of incorporated, she um, she pours the eggs into the pumpkin mixture, the the tempered eggs, and after that she pours one pack of gelatin into a separate small bowl with a I think it was like a quarter cup of water, and then off the heat, she adds the mashed bananas. And she doesn't say how many it was or there's no like, uh, you know, she doesn't say like a cup or two bananas or whatever it is. So but it looks like one, I'd say. Um, so she adds the bananas to the pumpkin mixture, then the softened, softened. That was like such a hard tea <laughs> on my softened gelatin um, and some orange zest into that, which I, I think that's like such a great, unique mixture of things. I would never think to put orange zest in a pumpkin pie, but I, I just feel like it would be great. Um, so while the mixture cools, she makes some homemade whipped cream, which is, um, I mean, homemade whipped cream is heaven and it's so easy to make. I mean, if you have, especially if you have a standing mixer, um, or even a handheld mixer, I think that that's, it does the same thing. I've done whipped cream like by hand before, and it is, it's a pain in the ass, but like, I guess it's worth it. I feel like you should do it. It's like a rite of passage, but if you have the machines to do it, let, let them do it. The hardest thing, like this is of course first world problems, but like the hardest thing about that is just like, you have to clean up the bowl of the standing mixer, but, um, yeah, make your own whipped cream, everyone. It's, it's really not that hard. Uh, so she doesn't really put any sugar into the whipped cream she's making because, um, oh no, she does. (laughs) Literally, my next note is she puts two tablespoons of sugar in it. So I'm a liar. Um, <laughs> but I know that this is the whipped cream that goes into the pumpkin mixture. And for some reason in my mind, I felt she didn't like sweeten it up. But maybe, I mean, clearly I wrote it down in my notes. So I don't know where, <laughs> where I was as I was taking notes on this episode. Um, and she pours it into the pumpkin pie or the the cooled graham cracker crust. And she's like, hmm, this is looking gorgeous. And, uh, she does say that this is the best, the best thing about this dessert is that you can make it ahead. And she like holds it up for the camera and she's like, it doesn't look half bad, does it? And then she smiles and spins around to the refrigerator (laughs) to put it inside. Uh, and next we have, I don't, I almost said, unfortunately, but you know, maybe you didn't listen to the episode from, I think it was last week or the week before we have, um, a a repeat recipe, of the cranberry conserve which um I know a couple people commented um on the cranberry conserve and they they gave it a thumbs up that it's actually delicious so I I do believe I believe all of you when I say that I just haven't had it and I like I said before I I probably I guess it sounds crazy to say I'd prefer the can. I would definitely try it, especially because she makes two different types. So I'm going to talk about the cranberry conserve, even though we just talked about it last week or the week before. So essentially, it's like a cranberry sauce with the volume turned up. That's me saying it, not Ina. Um, She starts with a cup of water with some fresh cranberries and like a sort of saucepan and adds some sugar and then she adds, um, the peels, or she peels the Granny Smith, and, um, but she also tells us that Granny Smiths have a lot of pectin in them, which makes the cranberry conserve sort of set, um, it kind of, like, acts as the gelatin, I guess, maybe that's not the best comparison, that pectin is gelatin, but they both end in IN, so I'm sure, I'm sure their the properties are somewhat similar, um. And then she adds the zest and she adds the apple into it. Obviously, she cuts it up. I don't know if she uses the skin. I can't remember. Maybe I was looking away from the TV. Doesn't matter. Um, So she adds in the zest of a lemon and the zest of an orange. And um, the cranberries are popping. She lets us know. Uh, She gives it a stir, but she lets it cook for a few minutes while she juices the orange and the lemon. Uh, She pours in the apple's lemon zest and orange zest um, into the pan. Uh, with the cranberries and everything. And while that's cooking, Ina is going to start the herb and apple stuffing, which sounds great. I love unconventional things. Like in quotes, I say that in stuffing because typically it's, you know, it's onions, it's celery, it's bread, it's chicken stock and that's it. So when there's like apples or maybe like some sausage, like maple sausage or something like that, like I'm, I'm all in. Sign me up for that. I will say... Maybe this is a, a hot take, but I do prefer, like, the casserole stuffing over the stuffing and the bird, um, mainly just because I like that crispiness. I like my stuffing a little bit more. I wouldn't say dry. Like, I like my stuffing to be moist, but I don't like it to be, like, soaking. Or maybe I just haven't had the right turkey or, like, stuffing that's been inside, uh, you know, the carcass of the turkey. Um, so those are my stuffing Those are my stuffing thoughts. Um, so she pulls out a tray of delicious bread out of the oven, uh, that she's been toasting for a little bit just to, you know, crisp that up. It looks so good too. It's like one of those, it just looks like it's like, I don't know, where's a place that has great bread, Italy everywhere. Um, she grabs a few other ingredients I wrote in my notes out of the oven. I don't know where I was when I was taking these notes. or where my head was out of the refrigerator. Um, And she starts to saute two cups of onions and two cups of chopped celery, you know, the standard base of any, you know, solid stuffing. And then she chops up the Granny Smith apples. I think it's, uh, it might be one or two. It doesn't matter. Um, and that goes into the celery and onions. And then she chops up a couple tablespoons of fresh parsley and then some fresh rosemary and then just finishes it with some salt and pepper. Easy enough. Um... So while the stuffing sautés, she finishes the cranberry conserve. And Ina tells us, uh, for today, for the traditionalists, she's going to leave it plain. But for people like me that want a little more flavor, I'm going to add walnuts and raisins, Ina tells us. Um, And I I, I will say that I probably would opt for the the walnuts and raisins. Um, And I'm sure there's different thoughts on like you know, true cranberry conserve, maybe the traditionalist, but I like that she's throwing some more texture into it as well. So she ladles out a little bit of the cranberry conserve for the, you know, the traditionalists. And then, um, she does tell us that Steven doesn't like nuts. So she wants to make, and, you know, in her effort to make everyone happy, she, you know, we've all done this before. Um, she doesn't say that she's, uh, that Steven's allergic to it, but just that he doesn't like it. So, yeah, I guess, I mean, she's, she's doing something really nice. And that's, that's nice because it's not really a big party. So I think that she can, you know, if, if there was like 20 people coming, I'd be like, you're getting what I put on the table. Sorry about the nuts, Stephen, but, um, it's very sweet. So she adds, uh, some regular raisins and chopped walnuts to the rest of the, uh, I always want to say I'm having trouble. Like, it's like the emphasis on the wrong syllable. I want to say conserve, but part of me wants to say conserve. I have no idea why. Um, Anyway, I think, uh, uh, again, I, I wrote my notes that I would opt out for the more flavor batch of this, but what do you, do you use it as, I guess it's in replace, in replacement of the cranberry sauce, right? Yeah, I, I would imagine. Um, so anyway, she sets that all aside. It is back to stuffing. Uh, she takes all of the delicious veggies that she's been sauteing and pours them over the bread that she, uh, toasted up in the oven and add some chicken stock, some homemade chicken stock. Um, and then she says, and that's ready to go inside a big bird. Uh, (laughs) there was something really funny the way she said that, especially when she said big bird, I actually pictured like big bird from, um, Sesame street. (laughs) I don't know why anyway, speaking of that big bird, she pulls it out of the fridge and Ina reminds us that, um, she suggested, It's like one of those commercial breaks where she comes back and like says what she said at the beginning, just in case people caught it like halfway through. You know what I mean? So she says um, she's like, I suggested a big Virginia ham for Thanksgiving. and And my friends went nuts. And she said or they said, we have to have a turkey. So we're having a turkey. And there was something like kind of I don't know. I feel like she was a little bummed. I see the idea of maybe wanting to change things up for the holidays. I think you could do it more for uh, Christmas rather than Thanksgiving. Because to me, it's like turkey on Thanksgiving, ham on Christmas. But I mean, I do love ham, but I think turkey is the main event. That's hard. I don't know. Um, And especially when you're hosting a party. Like if it was just Kiana, myself... um, last year for like the quarantine Thanksgiving, we didn't go see family. So we had, we got, we had actually, it was a very like vegan, vegetarian friendly Thanksgiving. We actually got, out, um I, I don't know if we got it from Trader Joe's or Whole Foods. They're called like a field roast and it's not like tofurkey, um, but it's, it's, it's definitely plant-based and they're, they are so good. It almost tastes like I don't know. It's just like this little log of like stuffing in a way. It's great. So if anyone is ever like sticking their nose up at like a vegan Thanksgiving, um, try the field roast. I I think they're delicious. So but again, if we were I, I think it's because it was quarantine Christmas, like we didn't have to eat turkey. So we're like, yeah, let's just change it up. But when you're having a party, that's that's another beast, I guess. Um, I lost my place in my notes. Let me see here. Uh, yeah. So the turkey, she plops the tw- the 12 pound turkey into a big roasting pan. um, And then she's like, you know, I feel like when I was younger, my mother used to wake up at four in the morning to make turkey. I think she had this feeling they had to cook the turkey for like 15 hours. But the truth is that a turkey only needs around two and a half hours. And I, I feel like I've said this before in the podcast, too. It's like, yeah, my earliest memories of Thanksgiving is my mom My mom's mom lives next to us, my grandmother. So she would bake a turkey and my mom would bake a turkey. Why we needed two turkeys for like eight people, who knows? I guess like, you know, leftovers, I guess. But I, I, she would wake up so early in the morning or what felt like really early in the morning and and cook it for like hours. And I was like, why does it need to be? I just didn't understand even as a kid. So I don't know. Ina is speaking her truth, and I I, I agree with that as well. Um, so she stuffs the bird uh, with the stuffing that she made and then ties the legs together, and uh, she ties it around the tail, she says, so that's not flop, flapping around. And the tail, I'm just going to say it, it, it looks like testicles. I have never seen a turkey tail until this moment, but it just looks like balls <laughs> like hanging <laughs> of the end of the turkey. I... I've never seen it before and I don't know why like in my Food Network adventures or like real life Thanksgiving I've never seen the tail and I don't want to see it anymore so moving on Uh, she tucks the wings underneath the sides uh, so they don't get burnt and then she slathers it with um, melted butter and salt and pepper and that's really it uh, which I love so I think after that she grabs the pumpkin banana mousse tart that has set overnight maybe I don't know I feel like I don't know if we got a transition from like one day to the next day but you know it's been in the fridge for a while it's it's set so it is time to make another batch of whipped cream um, which is I mean for anyone who ever wants to make whipped cream it's uh, one cup of heavy cream a quarter cup of sugar and then a splash of vanilla it is so good um, sometimes I use like the powdered sugar, depending on like what I have. I don't know why I feel like the powdered sugar, I mean, sugar is sugar, but, um, it's so easy and, 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 and delicious too. So she decides instead of just like spreading it onto the pumpkin pie or the, the tart, the, the pumpkin banana mousse tarts, I stand corrected. Um, she decides that she's going to pipe it, uh, with a big star tip Uh, she (laughs) demonstrates uh, two different patterns on the counter, uh, which is a shell pattern and a star pattern. And she said that she's going to do the shell pattern for this, which is like, it looks like the trim of like any store-bought cake. It's sort of just like waves. It doesn't really look like a shell, but I don't, I don't know, you know, the origin of the shell pattern. I'm not going to Google that, but it looks great. And she said, um, if you make a mistake, you can scoop it off the tart and put it back in the bag. And then she, so she does, um, she like pipes the whole thing. And then instead of saying how easy is that, she says, how hard is that? And it's essentially kind of the same thing as how easy is that? But it sounds like the antithesis of it. Like, how hard is that? How hard is that? I don't know why it made me giggle when she said that, um, so she finishing... Uh, yeah, the, the the tart looks great. She puts a little swirl in the middle of it. She garnis, uh, garnishes it with some orange zest. And she uses, like, a specific zester that, like, produces orange zest strips as opposed to, like you know, what's that thing called? Oh my God, a rasp where it would just be like little bits of um, zest of the orange. It's very, it, it just looks more presentational, I, I, I think. And that's obviously why she chose it, but I'm not sure what it's called. I don't know that type of zester. So if you know, let me know because it's kind of a cool, I mean, again, I'm not like running out to the store to buy all these things, but you never know when I'll need to <laughs> make a, uh, a pumpkin banana start in a in a jiffy. So where are we next? Ina does like one final, you know, showing to the camera. She's like, it doesn't look half bad. And then another smile and like a flourish. And then she's off to the refrigerator. Um, So now it's time to pop some champagne, which I kind of love on Thanksgiving. I wouldn't think like to me, Thanksgiving is just like red wine. But I actually prefer white wine. I will drink red wine. The only reason I'm like sticking my nose up at it is that sometimes it makes me sneeze a little bit. I'm sure I should probably like look into that because there's probably something in the wine that I'm like <laughs> allergic to or at least makes me sneeze, but I just keep drinking it anyway. But for some reason white wine doesn't make me sneeze as much. Does anyone know what that means? I don't know. Um so I don't know who this man is who pops the champagne, but he gets it everywhere. You know, like sometimes I don't know, if like the bottle is shaken up a bit, like it kind of just obviously we all know what I'm talking about. I don't have to explain it, but um it's like no one is trying to clean it up. Like, it, it just goes all over the floor. I would immediately, like, tell him to go get a towel. And instead everyone... Ina rolls with it because she's a good sport. And she says... <laughs> she says, fun check. Who's having fun? I need some of that champagne. I think we lost half of it. I love the idea of a fun check. I love that, like, in the midst of a tragedy of champagne, you know, being spilled all over your good hardwood floors that Ina... Ina goes to fun check. That's her first thought. Uh, she's a pro. So I, I just like couldn't believe everyone was acting so casually about it. Um, anyway, so the guest list, there's only Frank and Steven. And then this other couple, one of the, one half of that couple is like the goon that just like, like soaked Ina's floor with champagne. But, um, you know, I, I don't know who they are. So she, and they do mention the, uh, the name of the lady in a moment here, but I, I, I'll, we'll get there when we get there. So she puts on an apron, which I feel like Ina doesn't do that often. I feel like, um, I don't know. I just feel like I never see her in an apron, but when you are carving a turkey, I feel like it is necessary. And she's also sporting like, you know, her Thanksgiving violet blouse instead of her like normal black, blue, or denim, uh, Shirt. I don't know. What to, I don't know what to call it. Because it, to me, it, it just looks like an oversized men's dress shirt. But I know it's not. It's like it's Ina's shirt. We all know what I'm talking about. I don't need to go into it. Um. So yeah, she must uh, protection is a must. I feel. Um. So she says, I have to say that carving isn't something I normally do with company around because I can make a real mess. And she and then she grabs the biggest knife I have ever seen in my life, and uh, gets to carving. So she grabs, oh no, she also reminds us to let the turkey rest for 15 to 20 minutes when it gets out of the oven to sort of, you know, absorb all the juices back into the bird. I think it's important. I'm trying to think if my family does that. I feel like as soon as it's out of the oven, they just like start carving. And I feel like I've mentioned it once or twice. Like I saw on the Food Network or like Ina that like you should let your meat rest and, you know, my dad just kind of rolls his eyes and gets carving. I don't know. (laughs) So we'll see. Um, so the platter looks beautiful. She carves up the bird, uh, like a pro. The stuffing looks great. I mean, it might be a little too soggy for me, but it, it looks good on camera. And then she, this is where she pulls out two other things. She, she also surprises us with these parmesan smashed potatoes which she keeps warm with a double boiler she surprises us with these parmesan smashed potatoes which sound I mean that sounds delicious um but she doesn't tell us how to make them I think it's just like these she's like oh and I made parmesan smashed potatoes so and it's not smashed potatoes like with the skin on it's basically mashed potatoes I don't know why she called it smashed and I even like rewinded it to just make sure you know did I hear it right but she does say smashed potatoes. I had the closed captioning on. So I don't know. Uh, and then the the other thing that she reveals is uh, some Brussels sprouts because Frank wanted Brussels sprouts. So, um, you know, Frank and Stephen are getting their own sort of like customized Thanksgiving, which is very cute. Um, so everything is laid out on the counter. It looks great. And Frank comes in to help carry uh, the goods to the table. So Frank carries the turkey And then Ina grabs the veggies and she's like, are we ready to rock? (laughs) Uh, It just made me laugh. Are we ready to rock? Everyone uh, is sort of helping themselves. I don't know if she put it on like the buffet. I kind of like having a buffet with all the food. I know like it's more apropos to like put everything on the table, but it just gets too crowded. Like put everything... I know no one wants to get up, but, like, it's just, like, you pass it one way and then it's like, oh, my God, pass the stuffing. I don't know. That's just me being um, cranky about it. But I I do prefer a buffet uh, where the food is just there and you just help yourself. I feel like that subscribes to, like, Ina's method, you know? So... Um everyone is kind of chowing down the food looks divine. Frank says, "Boy, I boy was I hungry." And then someone else chimes in and says, "I'm really hungry. I haven't eaten for weeks." It's probably that guy that like <laughs> spilled a gallon of champagne over Ina's like <laughs> living room coffee table. Um and speaking of tables, they're all seated at like the classic, you know, Ina garden circle table. Um, the woman is called, the the other woman there is called Neary, N-Y-R-I-E. I don't know who this woman is. If she's on another episode, I haven't seen it, or maybe I haven't seen it in a while, but I, I don't know. They seem like nice people, but the guy, I'm never going to forget that champagne. I know everyone's like, Nick, just drop it. It's champagne, but huh, that's Huh, it's like a pet peeve when people spill stuff, and then, then they just like stand there looking at it. I'm like, just go get a towel then. Um... Anyway, they, okay, here, let's stop the presses here. They cheers to Jeffrey, who is absent again. Where the hell is Jeffrey? I, and the reason I say that is because I think last week or the week before I did the episode where um, Ina says, Jeffrey's not here. It doesn't happen often, but he's unfortunately not here today. Well, Ina, it happens more often than you think because this is... This is a problem. I don't know where Jeffrey is. I don't know where, where his priorities are. He's a, I mean, the only thing that I know Jeffrey to do is that he's a writer. He writes books about economics and he also teaches. So I feel like there's a Thanksgiving break and you can write anytime. So I just, I feel the likelihood of him missing like more than one Thanksgiving. I don't know. I feel like one of you listeners out there knows the answer. So, or at least let's start the discussion because I, I need to know. Um Ina grabs. Yeah, so that's Jeffrey. Ina grabs the pumpkin banana tart from the fridge and she turns to the camera and says, in my experience, no one remembers what they had for dinner, but they always remember desserts, which is like I feel like it's her version of like these always brought me luck. You know, it's like one of her standard um, quotes, which. I don't know. I'd argue that I always remember everything I eat because I love food, but I, I do. I understand and appreciate and respect the, the sentiment here because dessert is awesome. So um, but I remember a lot of like I don't remember an appetizer. Jeez. I mean, I, I can remember everything from appetizers all the way to dessert. That's my quote. <laughs> um, And she says, OK, who's ready for pumpkin banana moose tart? I know Neary needs a piece and Neary looks you know, ecstatic. It looks, it looks great. And it's the perfect size because it's not as thick as a slice of pumpkin pie. I mean, again, I am never going to turn on a regular slice of pumpkin pie, but I think in general, if I'm going along with this, like, don't stuff yourself too much on Thanksgiving, um, frame of mind that this would be, this would be perfect. Just like a taste. Um, so Frank gets in there, of course, with one last, you know, one liner And it's very sweet. He's like, so it turns out you do know how to cook after all. And everyone kind of laughs. And it was at this exact moment when I realized that Frank for the longest time, Frank Newbold, who I'm talking about, reminded me of someone. I'm like, who who does he remind me of? And it's Mr. Rogers. Frank is Mr. Rogers. If you close your eyes, he has the same like timbre in his voice. He has the same sort of soft spoken uh, quality. He's just like such a goose. I love Frank and I love Mr. Rogers. So really he's the Mr. Rogers of East Hampton. That's what we're going to call him from now on. Um, and I'm so glad I figured it out because I it was like bugging me for the longest time. So I don't know if anyone agrees, let me know. <laughs> so Ina says in in reaction to, to Frank saying, I think you know how to cook after all. Ina says, sometimes I even surprise myself. And they all sort of Cheers, and Ina wishes everyone a happy Thanksgiving. And there's like a pause as everyone clicks or clinks their glasses together. And Ina starts to say to those. And then Stephen interrupts her and says, Now we can go Christmas shopping. And then Ina just laughs, and then the episode fades out. So I wonder what Ina was going to say. Oh, and we may never know. So I guess even though Stephen interrupted Ina's speech on what she was, maybe she was going to say what she was thankful for. I don't know, but I, w- I will. gladly take a moment to continue Ina's speech and to say how grateful I am for all of you listeners. I, I can't thank you enough for listening to the Good Vanilla and all of your support. It's such a joy to produce this podcast, and I love hearing from all of you. Whether it's like a DM on Instagram or like a comment on a Facebook post, or even like a review on iTunes, it's so lovely to know you're out there and also am enjoying. Um, what I'm putting out there. And I, I, I so love the Barefoot Contessa universe and the fandom. And again, I'm so thankful for all of you and for sticking by me throughout this journey. And I guess with that, I think we have reached the end of the Thanksgiving episode. So thanks again for listening. I'll throw one more thank you in there. Why not? If you want to follow the podcast on social media, you can find it on Instagram and Twitter at Good Vanilla Pod. And you can also send me an email at goodvanillapod at gmail.com. Also, I made a group for the Facebook, a group for the Good Vanilla on Facebook. Very easy to find. Just search the Good Vanilla. And if you are enjoying the podcast, please be sure to subscribe and leave a five-star rating and review. Or just tell another Barefoot Contessa fanatic. That also works, too. And if you want to know where to get more of me, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Nick Kochanov, And you can find me on my other podcast, The Best Supporting Podcast, every week with Colin Drucker. Thanks again for listening, everyone. Stay safe. Happy Thanksgiving. And I'll see you next time.